I'm going to sound like a fraud, but bear with me. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I'm your co-host, guest co-host, Abel Bay, and I'm joined by... <laughs> Am I doing this right? Something is weird about this. I should have written this down. <laughs> I, can't I should have written this down. No, I've got this, I've got this. Um... Hello, and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. We're back in Westeros, fire is raining, and war is at hand. I am your guest host, Ibube, and I'm joined by my guest co-host, Afam. And I think he has a lot of thoughts on what we've just seen in episode three. Um, I'm still reeling from episode two, but um, yeah, Fami, how are you feeling? Uh, it's good to be back. You know, we obviously had a contract dispute with Bankoye last week, so we couldn't record any episodes. But, you know, we've ironed out, papered out the cracks, and we're back here ready to share in-depth knowledge in the world of Westeros. And obviously, these episodes have been bangers, back-to-back hits. Can't complain, you know, we're here for the ride. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, and this contract dispute, man, like, it's his fault, honestly, because um, because he, he breached his part of the deal Daniel Kalia cancelled. So, um, so now I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's something we're going to have to deal with later, but it's okay. We're here to fix the messes. Um, but <laughs> what are your general thoughts on, before we get into everything that we just saw, this was a bombastic episode. How are you feeling about episode three? I mean, episode two. How are you feeling about episode two? So two, episode two was good. It, right now I'm having low key, having like, it's a bit difficult for me to remember exactly what went on. But I know the feeling that when I came out of it, I was like, God damn, this is going to be a good season. And it's, you know, it's shaping up to be a good season of television for me. It's uh, taking apart, like, you know, the plot and, you know, the nuances and the characters, everything, the setting, the sets, the, everything. Just, you know, we have good scores. Everything is just looking really good. Yeah, Ramin is still being Ramin. And I thank I God for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do a quick recap of episode two, just for everybody who missed us this week we missed you too um first of all Damon versus Otto um everything Damon does this episode in episode two was interesting um from his general um audacity to his overall dishonesty I mean Mizaria is looking at him like oh I'm pregnant now huh very good very very good I mean you didn't tell me about this and I didn't know we we're gonna get married but please enjoy your dragon egg and I thought that was very, um, very cool because he's out here making moves that are going to further his own agenda. And she feels like she's along for the ride. But I think that she's starting to see that maybe Damon is kind of looking out for Damon and that in the end, he doesn't actually value her as much as she values him. But I guess we'll see, uh, we'll, we'll see how that progresses. And I know we talked about in episode one, the, um, the way that the tone was set for violence and i think it's really important because this is a way more violent story than in than the original game of thrones series and perhaps even more scandalous you know i think it's it if if it's going to end up being a lot for some people that is somewhat necessary you know i think daemon behaves the way he does because viserys doesn't trust him and viserys doesn't trust daemon because he acts the way that he does so it's like there's this vicious cycle where they're the sincere love they have for each other is trapped, and then that propagates into um, a lot of the tension that we see in the series. Yeah. You know, because 
you know, they have this this secret, of course, with the prophecy that was revealed in episode one. We don't know right now if Damon knows about it because he was the heir to um, the heir to, to Viserys, but he was more like an heir um, presumptuous. He wasn't really an heir apparent. I don't think Viserys ever named him his heir. He just Damon just happened to be the heir, and everybody accepted that because Viserys had no true-born male children. I think I think we 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 see a lot of the new direction of like the potential of where the series could go with just how the kingdom currently is anyway you know Jaehaerys was great and Viserys inherited a really favorable kingdom but we see that in episode 2 Viserys talks a lot about um old Valeria and he's telling Alicent certain things and she's asking him things about like how um like how possible it is for old Valeria to kind of come back and Viserys admits that it's not going to ever see that kind of glory again I think that is a reasonable assumption. So I, you finally said something right, Viserys. I'm proud of you. Um, it's good to know that he's not deluded about that, but he's still deluded about a lot of things because historically the, the Valerians weren't really all that great morally, right? With their racial superiority complex, enslaving free people wherever they found them, their equal opportunity enslavement. You know, it kind of reminds you of a, a certain other extremely zealous group in our real world that was very active <laughs> during the Second World War. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to say that Viserys is constant, consistently looking to the Valyrians for inspiration and guidance in such a fanboyish way. You know, it sort of shows us that despite his deep interest in the histories, he doesn't really understand them all that much. And he hasn't learned the lessons. And I think this ignorance feels the entitled passivity he has as he rules, which allows Otto to walk all over him, Melos to make decisions without telling him. It's just it's just a whole thing, really. And, you know, Otto is basically a Tywin who doesn't yet have the entire realm scared to death of him, right? He's making moves to become that guy. He even succeeds in some ways where Tywin couldn't, for example. I mean, he's managed to marry his daughter to the king, which... You know, I, I I almost want to say shout out to him, but then I feel for Alicent. But then again, should I be feeling for Alicent? We'll get into that later. <laughs> um, but he did succeed in doing that. Whereas, you know, Tywin famously tried to get Rhaegar Targaryen and Cersei married. And, you know, Ares snubbed that marriage, that, that, that proposal. And I think that was kind of one of the final straws in their relationship. You know, he then he marries him off to, he marries um, Rhaegar to Ilya Martell. And then eventually the whole thing with Lyanna starts and, you know, in the war, Tywin didn't side with Ares. He actually sacked the city. It was, it was kind of wild, but I, who knows if we'll see anything like that here. I don't know. Wink, wink. But it's, 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 it's sort of, it, it, we, we see all these different betrayals. And even though we, we don't exactly know what the TV show is going to do, we do know that there's going to be a lot of disagreements. I like that the great houses really come together in episode three. And we can see the seeds for that planted in episode two when we start hearing about certain people coming in. We start to see some of them actually um, in front of our eyes in episode three. And I think that's pretty cool. But uh, speaking of great houses um, and symbols and things like that, how are you feeling about our brand new title sequence? So for those who aren't aware, the new title sequence is kind of, at least to me, a play of fire and blood. So what it is, is it's showing the, the bloodline from Aegon the Conqueror to present day. So Aegon the Conqueror is obviously the, the, the person... Actually, no, let me rephrase that. The title sequence starts from Valeria because the first 
image you see is of dragons flying around Valeria. And then it, you know, trickles down by showing blood. And it shows blood because the bloodline must remain pure and all that kind of stuff. And it's basically just showing a path of how Valeria, a path from Valeria to Viserys, who's currently the king. So it goes through Aegon. You see his two sister wives. And then it branches out a bit because on one branch you have Magor. And you want to inject inject? No, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Cause, um, Migor is in there. And I like yeah. how we see Migor coming out of the darkness that is Visenya's circle, which is, <laughs> which is covered in blood. And they yeah. breeze through Migor because nobody wants to talk about him, which is really yeah. funny. I like how yeah. Rainey's, Rainey's little symbol is a dragon with a spear through the, the eye. eye be- yep. Because that's how she that's died. How she, she was, died, yeah. she was trying to get Dorn and, you know, they weren't going to, give up that fight and you know she yeah. ends up getting shot out of the sky which is kind of a hint as to how dragons aren't quite vulnerable we see that in the actual game of thrones series but i wonder how much of that we're going to see here uh lots of dragons yep. this season i, I think yep. um we have a lot going on with that but but yeah as you said it's going to go down from rainy's yeah. because everybody's descended from there yeah from there so from rainy's it went to who was her son uh Ares the first was that Ennis it was Ennis and then we don't even see much of him right but because but we we see um Jaehaerys right Jaehaerys yeah so Ares son was Jaehaerys and Jaehaerys was the king we see at the beginning of season one who called the great council to choose who was going to be next king and he was a long king I think he ruled for like 50 something years but he had a lot of children so when it gets to him that's my favorite part because he's my favorite Targaryen king it just spreads it just spreads out right like a bunch of different places but you know eventually he gets down to Viserys and he's the current king but also there's a lot of stuff going on in the background because you also see Rhaenyra over there because she she's uh, marked by there's a necklace that Daemon gave her in season one when they were in the yeah. throne room speaking and that her. symbol is what they use for her um, for her little circle which yep. doesn't get covered in blood right which that's something yep. if we if we didn't mention that already um when the circles get covered in blood like with Rhaenyra's mother in this in this title sequence that means the person has has passed away so yep. we see that Rhaenyra is still alive Viserys is still alive and yep. Um, we also see the high towers in the background, right? Yep. We um, see the high towers, and well, we also see the Valerians in the background. So it just yeah. basically draws like where the Game of Thrones um, opening is the same theme song, but the visual part of it was you know looking through the Seven Kingdoms, and like for instance, when Winterfell was in in the Bolton's hand, you know when we get to Winterfell, we see a Bolton flayed man on the on Winterfell, and that always broke my heart. But when you know the Battle of the Bastards happened, and like you know Winterfell fell back into the house under the Starks. You know, we see the house Stark there. So it was always dynamic and it was changing. And there have been some slight changes to the theme. Obviously, I just, you know, you can, we see the, the seeds of war being sown. So yeah, I, we do. I, I hope as the, as the tapestry changes, you know, the theme changes and that'll be really fun. I'm going to be paying attention very hard. Yeah. What's your, what's your overall summary of episode three? Let's get into it. Episode three. I think this whole season is just for me just I'm gonna call it um House of the Dragon, Hot D season one, Viserys mm-hmm. Bad Decisions. Because one boy <laughs> is making he's having a horrible time of things. It's He's you know, so tragic. He's tragic. So they're 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 different kings. You have Jaehaerys, who's like, you know, the king before, who was a great king, the great con- reconciliator, did a lot of cool things. Obviously, he had a lot of uh, his life was marred by a lot of personal tragedy, especially with his children, but the realm was better for it. And you have kings like Robert who just don't care about ruling. You have kings like the Mad King who just like, well, he went crazy after this thing called the Defiance of, Dusk- of Duskendale, where he just he got kidnapped and he was in the cell. It was like a whole That thing. was a whole thing. Shout out to Barris and Selmy. Yeah, shout out to Bryce and something. They shouldn't have killed him the way they did, but whatever. That's tangential. Viserys' problem is that he is dividing the realm, but he's too blind to see. He does not 
And he's too weak to fix it. He's too weak to fix it, exactly. Damon, he needs Damon by his side. Damon was right when he called him weak. And Damon was right when he told him that he could save him from himself. Because Damon is obviously a selfish person. But as we can tell from the end of season two, episode, sorry, season one, episode two, when he was talking to Corlys Valerian, he was like, hey, 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 hey. I can say shit about my brother, but you should never say shit about your king. And that, you know, to me, sums up what Damon's personality is like. He's ambitious and he wants, you know, goals. He has goals and he wants to be revered. He wants to be a legend, which is why he he was so determined to take the Stepstones without, you know, um, help from his brother, which we'll get into later in the episode. But, you know, at the end of the day, he would never betray Viserys in the same way that Viserys is betraying himself. If Viserys had listened to the strong, what I don't remember his name, the Lord of Whispers or whatever, he should have married. I mean, I feel bad saying he should have married the twelve-year-old girl, but like he also probably shouldn't have married the fourteen-year-old girl, you know. But he shouldn't. He should have made a better alliance than the one he did. And then him now like like gaslighting Rhaenyra in this episode, being like, "Oh, you must marry for the realm." Even I'm not above traditions. I'm like, no, you could have made the decision to put Rhaenyra in a stronger position by marrying the 12 year old but you know you made you're making bad decisions and you're dividing the <laughs> court into two and you don't even see it which is just the wild part you don't even see it it's so unfortunate the series is really really making bad decisions and like even as someone who kind of knows where the story is going i'm like wow bro like what are you doing like what are you doing yeah, uh, I think Paddy Considine is doing such a good job of bringing this guy to life because in the like in the book you knew Viserys was making bad decisions, but you thought he was just like, Haha, you know, it's okay, it's all gonna be fine. <laughs> like that's the vibe that you generally got from him. But here you can see this guy is somewhat aware that the decisions are bad, doesn't know how to make them good, and is aware that people are, you know, kind of walking all over him. He can't yeah. take control of Renera, he can't control Demon, he can't control some of the people in the courts. I mean, we start to see the the Lannisters, more like they're described in the books, right? Being consistently proud of everything that they have that other people don't have. They're not even the the, the wealthiest house in the realm yet. I mean, that's still the Valerians. But but yeah, I mean, the, the Lannisters, they're just what you'd expect here. It's kind of like if you can see, it just becomes very clear that people like Tywin and Jimmy are descended from them, right? <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. it's, it's so clear. Like this dude, it's like Viserys says, his pride has pride. It's like, bro, yeah. stop talking about yourself, please. Yeah. Even, like, I don't know, I was hearing, you know, Peter Dinklage when he was talking. I don't know if he was trying right. to sound like, like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, Tyrion, but I was hearing Tyrion. Like, literally, you didn't even, when I just saw that character, I was like, bro, is that, that ain't who I think it is. <laughs> I was like, yes, that is Tyrion. You know, I can, I can hear the Tyrion Lannister, but, but Viserys, though, like, bad decisions. There's this, like, to pick up a Lannister, there's this saying that Tywin has in when he's, yelling at Joffrey one of these times like any man who said calls himself king you know you know when because Joffrey was always like I am a king and he's like any man who calls himself a king is not fit to be a king like you don't have to scream I have power I have power and I feel like what Viserys yeah. is doing you know he like, did that and that, it's definitely king. a good callback it's a good yeah. callback he's the king but like back it up he doesn't have anything to back it up you know he's just out here you know having a tourney like how can someone be telling you that they took this, the war in the Stepstones is just, it's a war, that's all we need to think about it. But for those who are interested in the world a bit, world a bit more, the Stepstones lies between Westeros and Essos. It's like a small bunch of islands and it's, it's a name. very important, hence the names, and it's a very important trade route. Now, the central problem right here about the Stepstones is that Dorne is next to the Stepstones, but Dorne is not yet part of the Seven Kingdoms. So if the Stepstones falls to the Eastern Kingdoms, then there could be an alliance between the Dornish people 
and Essos, which means that could be a threat to this, the remaining six kingdoms. And Somehow Viserys doesn't get this. Exactly. He doesn't get that. And additionally, the Stepstones is literally the most important. It's like the Suez Canal. You know, it's a very, very important shipping route. So you cannot afford to cripple your economy and you cannot afford to make your allies band together. So that is just a problem with the Stepstones. Um, Cordy Valerian is right. You can argue about whether his execution of retaking the Stepstones is right or wrong, but he's right in the sense that the Stepstones has to be taken. And how can, you know, you're one of your masters of, I think your master of ships that that come up to you and be one of the Lannister twins come up to you and be like, oh, um, these motherfuckers are losing the war. If they lose the war, we might be fucked. I'm like, oh, tell me about it in three days. No, that's a, that's Seriously? a bad game. Like, a how would Tyler, game. like, Lannisters are usually very chill because they have yeah. not that much to worry about. Yeah. And Tyler Lannister is like, yo, bro, I'm scared. <laughs> like, yeah, we have a real be. problem here. He it's like, he's just out here complaining about the politicking, but that's all he's doing. Out here going to go hunt a boar that he could barely even, sorry, not a boar, a stag, where he could barely even kill. I don't know. Viserys is like, He's obviously a tragic character, but like, I'm like, bro, no, come on. Take some responsibility for your actions. It's literally just, no, he's, he's a bad, he's making bad decisions, but hopefully he makes one or two good decisions, um, as the story <laughs> goes on. Um, but yeah, it's not looking good for him, but the Lannisters are in the picture though. And I love how they're twins again. I'm like, oh, are they also like an incestuous twin pair like Jamie and, uh, <laughs> Cersei. But yeah, we've added, you know, as the story has grown a bit more, we've added a few more characters. The Lannisters now, there's this character called Clubfoot. There's Joanna Swan, who was the character who was mentioned a bit offhand, but she was um kidnapped and sold to Pleasure House and Lease, you know. Um we've seen Aegon now, who is Viserys' second child, first son. And obviously that is one of the things that is stoking the the complications um for the throne so right right now if you look at it if you watch the season one episode four premiere there's a jester who's basically saying who will be the next ruler is either going to be daemon um rhaenyra or aegon even though aegon is just a baby um and it's uh there's just a lot of uh there's a lot of turmoil in in terms of you know the the line of succession should be clear rhaenyra is the heir but obviously this is a patriarchal society and um yeah, people don't want her. That's the theme of the show, though, right? Like, yeah, that's literally is. the theme of the show. We, we we even see it in the whole, like, weird-ass proposal from Jason mm-hmm. Lannister, right? Mm-hmm. She's now 17. Is like, hey, marry me. I have gold. As if she's not a Targaryen. <laughs> like, she mm-hmm. is a literal Targaryen that rides a dragon. It's like, oh, dragon. marry me. I have gold. Do you think I don't have more gold than you? Are you dumb? Don't have- <laughs> that's number one. And he's like, oh, yeah, come marry me and leave the Red Keep. Leave court leave being heir to the throne leave dragonstone leave everything you have and just come and live with me in castle rock you know it's really tall <laughs> like it's like oh it's a, it's a top of cliff she's like no thanks uh uh thanks for the wine though bye and then he goes yeah. to ask viserys himself and you know it's like, it doesn't seem that way at first but that really solidifies and supports the theme of the series which is essentially women say no and the men ignore them that's yep. literally it's like men ignoring women when they say no is just like the theme of the series and we're going to see yep. so much more of that so yeah you guys you guys definitely uh, j- just prepare for that honestly because <laughs> yeah it's, it's gonna get worse but um but yeah i did like how at the beginning of the episode speaking of dragons we saw caraxes in action that, that was beautiful beautiful that, that was so beautiful, beautiful. i just like, i just gonna say where she's flying away and like she's just like i don't know you, you know, twirling in the sky and like the long neck. I'm like, oh god, that is because so it's a deformed, it's a deformed dragon, right? Yeah, so you see this, this snake-like. Yeah, it's like this this snake-like neck because the neck is so long. There are these tiny wings on the legs too, yeah, and yeah. it's sort of like 
a mix of the Western dragon concept and the Eastern Chinese and Japanese dragon concept where it's like slithering through the sky. Yep. But like it actually has wings. Right from the beginning when they're like nailing people and then someone shouts mm-hmm. Zaldrizas. I like once I heard Zaldrizas, I'm like, okay, great. I'm glad that in Essos people are speaking Valerian. That's nice because Zaldrizas means dragon. We hear Daenerys mm-hmm. use that word a lot. And yeah, I kind of felt for that dude who was getting nailed because I knew he was going to die. I just knew he was going to die. Mm-hmm. Like he. Drehar is nailing him to a post and he's screaming. He's like, oh yeah, they're going to come for you. They're going to come for you. And he's like, yes, thank you. All hail for his day one. Day one save me. <laughs> save I knew, me, save. <laughs> I, I, knew he, I knew he was going to die. I just thought he was going to get burned, right? I didn't realize uh, they were going to land on him. Oh boy. Land on him. I, I thought it was just going to come and burn everyone in the field. I did not expect uh, that. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> Dragons, <laughs> man. And I love, I just love how like, he's just so like, so when um, later on, uh, towards the end of the episode, which we'll get to in a bit, but when Leron, you know, flies into town to to save um um Damon, like initially I thought it was going to be what's what's it, Damon Dragon's Saraxes um Caraxes Dragon's name Caraxes. And initially I thought it was going to be Caraxes, but I was just looking at the dragon, just when I was finding it, no, that's not Caraxes. And I love how like I can identify which dragon he he's riding. That dragon is Sea Smoke. And that I'm is like, oh my god, yes, that's a new dragon. Like, and I could tell just by looking at it that it was a new dragon. Whereas with you know, Danny's dragons. I still don't know which dragon died north of the wall and which died in King's Landing, you know, which was stupid, mm-hmm. but whatever. But the unique, you know, identifying um, features of all the dragons is amazing. And obviously, we've seen Leonor grow up, grow up now. He was yeah. a kid when last we saw him, but man, war, war makes people, you know... Yeah, I mean, the man has the man has grown up. And we, 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 yeah. we, thank, we thank God the young shall grow, as they yeah, say. Man. <laughs> that guy was enjoying himself way too much, man. Like, bro, your, your guys are dying on the ground. Don't scream that loud. At least, like, try, try and enjoy yourself just a tiny bit less. This is still yeah. a battle. But, yeah. I mean, shouts out to him. I was feeling like, a, 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 like an awesome dad. Like, just imagine charging the battlements and you'll see your son just flying a dragon above your head. I'm like, like I did well. I did that's well. You know, it's like, that's my, that's my kid. Burn, burn them kids. Burn them, burn them all. <laughs> it's, it, it's really nice. I mean, yeah. Either way, like, it was, it was very good to see, to see them in action that way. I mean, it's really cool that we get to see a world where dragons appearing in battle was a real thing that people were afraid of, you know, yeah. And in the, in the original series, that wasn't the thing people thought about. People got yeah. a bit of a taste of that when Rob started riding into battle with his direwolf Greywind, right? Yeah. So imagine the up-jumped horror of, of, <laughs> of already being like, okay, I'm going to fight this battle. I have these weapons in my hand. I might die. Even if you're not, even if you're very confident and you're like, you know, I'm going to come back alive. They're still in the back of your mind. Like, yo, what if a dragon shows up? <laughs> like, really though, what if a dragon shows up? Like, what, 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 what are we going to do? And then in these guys' case, like, yeah. it, you know, that, that's what happens. The dragon does show up and, yeah. you know, they get roasted. And it's interesting yeah. to see how that dragon fire really, um, yeah. I guess how, how, how it, how is portrayed on screen really? How, what, how it affects people, um, physically. We see how it's not just like, people are slowly are getting burned. Like the fire has weight. It has real weight mm-hmm. to it. And people are kind of getting crushed by it. They're getting disintegrated in some cases mm-hmm. if they're taking it head on. Yeah. And I like how the cinematography of the show is such an active participant in the storytelling. Like it's not like it wasn't in Game of Thrones. It definitely was. Um, it's something that these two shows have in common that really s- sets them above in terms of production value. But I really love that shot where they're talking about the battle and their resources. It's been two yeah. years now. 
And then we yeah. start with the ships. And in my mind, I'm just like, oh my God, I hope that doesn't hit. I hope that doesn't hit. I hope that doesn't hit. <laughs> then it misses. It misses again. It misses again. And then it hits the ship in the middle. And all the, all the while we're backing up and we start seeing guys on the ground and we start yeah. seeing guys on the cliff. And then we start to see the heads of the army actually discussing at the war yeah. table. And yeah. that is such a cool thing. Like that is, I mean, I dare say I've never seen a more effective use of a slow backout. <laughs> like I, yeah. I just, I, I don't think I've seen that. Like that was just really yeah. nicely done, especially since most of that is CG. Like most of that is CG. Like, and here yeah. we are, like having it look so real. I think, yeah. I think we're definitely um, living in some good times to be watching TV. <laughs> so, yep, yep. so yeah, that that was that was nice. And I mean, speaking of good times on TV, right? As you, as I'm sure you are, you are, you've been thinking just like me. Rich black people doing going cool stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah, like literally. Oh my dear. So Westeros obviously, well, not obviously, but in all the social materials, a very predominantly white society because there are two main races of people there. They're the first men who worship the old gods in the north, <coughs> and then there are the Andals who are like all the Lannisters and and um, you know, the Tar not Targaryens, Lannisters, the Aryans, and all those kind of names. And it's kind of based off in a weird way, like European history. So like obviously, you had the you know the native like Celt. Celts, is that what they were called? The Celtic people who were like the Britons and all who were like in England up until a point until this guy called, I think it was William the Bastard or something like that, was a Norman yeah. invader who came over and like you could see the change in, in the English language after his conquest because all of a sudden like words started to get more complicated as they were add, you know, you added French and all these other romance languages to them and you know an anglicizing of the celtic languages and it changed and that same thing exists in westeros but the commonality is that it's all white people so one of the creative liberties that was taken with this new seasons of house of the dragon was this big the valerian's black and what that just means is that there are a lot more people of color in westeros which has you know was never a thing before um and i'm very 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 happy to see and they all have dreads and oh leno is looking good today i'm very excited I'm very excited to see more of the Valerian family because we we were introduced to Corlys's. I'm not sure if that's his brother or his nephew. I think it's his nephew. Are you talking about Vaymond? Vaymond, yeah. I think that's his brother. Nephew. That's his brother. It's his brother. Yeah, okay. his younger brother. Yeah, Corlys's younger brother, basically. So we've we've been introduced to a new member of the Valerian family. Uh, we've seen uh, Leonor grown up. We haven't seen his sister though. Um, but we'll probably see her in the upcoming episodes. Um, so right she's now, still looking for Vigar, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, because obviously, if you if you remember from episode two, she was having a conversation with um with um the series about you know dragons. So I'm sure she's probably somewhere dreaming about how she's gonna go talk to this dragon that is missing somewhere. But yeah, House Valerian right now they're in a good they're in a good spot. Honestly, I mean, obviously they're pissed off at of the series for not for passing over the twelve year old daughter daughter in terms of the succession line. But they have what three, four dragons, maybe at no, maybe three, two. They have a few dragons basically, and then they have the friendship of Daemon, who also has his own dragon. So they're just in a good spot, you know, right now. And uh, yeah, it's a good time to be black in Westeros, <laughs> <laughs> which is something nobody has ever been able to say ever. So yeah, I really I, like I, that we can <laughs> we can proudly proclaim it. Speaking of 12-year-old daughters, so obviously last episode, we were sh um, the fandom was shocked by hearing the proposal of a king who was probably in his 30s, 40s, to either a 14 or 12-year-old girl. And this, obviously, this episode took it to the next level by proposing a 17-year-old get the throat to a 2-year-old. Uh, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I feel that uh, we're losing our bearings. Uh, the, world, <laughs> the world is on fire. Mm -hmm. And Otto Hightower needs to maybe shut up 
I think <laughs> that um, he's very used to the king just agreeing to whatever he says, that maybe yeah. he's um, lost sense of what makes sense. Not yeah. only is that kid a two-year-old, right? That kid is her brother, which is fine on some level because they're Targaryens, right? Yep. But there's never been that big of an age gap in a Targaryen wedding. Usually, it's or in a Targaryen betrothal, like usually it would be siblings that are close in age. Some of the other siblings may marry outside of the family, like Viserys did. And at this point, mind you, they're actually they're not as committed to the whole incest thing as they were. And the reason for that is, yeah, of course, Aegon came in with his sister wives and he married both of them because, hey, I'm Aegon and I have dragons <laughs> and two sister wives. But, you know, he had kids with both of them. And we know that, as we've said um, several times, the main Targaryen line is descended from Rhaenys. But like we, like I said before, we don't really talk much about Visenya and, and Megor. So let's do that a little bit, right? Shall we? Visenya had Megor and Megor is known as Megor the Cruel. And it's not just because, you know, the songwriters and the poets wanted to label him a certain way. That dude was a big problem. Now, of course, it takes a while to build a gigantic castle. So Megor was actually the one who oversaw the completion of the Red Key. He, um, he essentially pushed things to go really, really fast for them to go really, really far. They, they, they has dungeons upon dungeons, things we never really see in the show in Game of Thrones. We, I mean, we, we saw Ned Stark kind of like in a dungeon before that may have been in there. There are secret passageways. There's a part inside of the Red Keep where the royal family lives called Megor's Holdfast, which is why it's called that, right? And it has spikes coming out of it. There is a moat inside the castle separating the rest of the building from this part so that only trusted people can get in there because of the paranoia and because of the general idea of fear that he wanted to propagate at that time. And then once the Red Keep is completed, he killed every single person who worked on it. All the stonemasons, all the architects, everybody. He first cut out their tongues and then he killed pretty much the rest of them because he wanted it to be clear that no one would ever know the secrets of how the Red Keep is constructed. Until today, many people don't know because everybody who worked on it was killed and all the records were burned, right? So this dude was really, really cruel. And he had six partners. I kid you not, six. And this is, this is, was a problem because he kind of annoyed the faith of the seven. Like they were kind of already iffy about the Targaryens, but they could, they couldn't do much against Aegon, but they were like, okay, fine. I guess we're just going to have to deal with this since we can't fight their dragons. Then Migo shows up and is like, yeah, not only do I have dragons, but like, I'm going to take my father's whole thing to a new level and I'm going to have six different partners and I'm going to have children with a whole bunch of them, which didn't work out too well for him because none of his children inherited the throne, number one, and he died on the throne. But also the faith became the faith militant, which is how the whole battle between the Targaryens and the faith started in the first place. It started because of Megor and his whole thing of, I want to take the whole Valyrian decadence to, to the max. And eventually, of course, um, they win against the Fate Militant, but they also have to strike a deal with them. As we know, the Fate Militant comes back in Game of Thrones, um, roughly, <laughs> almost 300 years later, because Cersei wants to do the same stupid stuff. Again, people not learning from history, right? And then the, and then the High Sparrow in season five, basically double crosses her and uses that whole faith militant thing against her because i mean that's what happens when you arm a whole bunch of religious zealots like what did she really think was going to go on but anyway i've i've, I've thought about Cersei's foolishness at length it is it is what it is at this point but looking back to Megor, i mean that was what created that problem for the faith so now we're 
kind of removed from that because between Megor and now we have Jaharis. And Jaharis has kind of given everybody a breath of fresh air. But Viserys is kind of taking that fresh air and he's kind of miring it into this weird little like stuffiness in the air. And the idea that Otto would suggest that Rhaenyra marry not just a two-year-old, but a two-year-old that is her brother. Are you trying to like the faith militant are gonna be like, bro, I thought we I thought we had an understanding. <laughs> See, honestly, I we had, like what when I when I heard that scene, I was like that's a better option that that, that that this nonsense that Viserys is doing. In a sense, you know, yes. That's the ironic it, thing about it. it, it, it it's, I, I mean, obviously, it feels weird to say it, but, like, if that decision goes through, obviously, it's looking like he's not going to go with that decision. But, like, if that decision goes through, I'm like, at least these are, like, you're uniting the claims, you know? Because, technically, if, let's just assume the lords and the, and, and the, and the high rulers of Westeros agree to go with that, you know, decision. And, sorry, not that decision agree to honor Rhaenyra being um, queen, then at least Rhaenyra and Aegon will kind of be like co-leaders in a way where like the sexism would make Aegon seem like he's the king, but Rhaenyra is still the king. But again, you know, the, the, is it Harry Strong? I always forget his name. He came up with the, you know, Lionel. what I think is the best. Lionel, Lionel Strong. Strong. He came up again with, he told, he told Viserys the truth, you know, the same way he told the truth before he got married. He was like, yo, Viserys, you should marry this 12-year-old girl. And now he's coming in and, yo, you should tell your daughter to marry the 12-year-old girl's younger brother. Or is he younger or older? I think he's younger in the he, books, I, I think older in the show. Yeah, either that or they were twins. But I think I, I think no, he's portrayed to be, to be he, they're not like, no, sorry, that was a different set of people I'm thinking of, yeah. which I probably should not be mentioning. But <laughs> um, but they, they're definitely, um, he's definitely older in the in the show. I think he's portrayed as being older in the show, though we we haven't really seen her. Because, I mean, even even though the Valerians are a lot more, um, I guess, liberal in giving people equal opportunities to shine than the Targaryens are, um, at least at this time of of their history, um, we're not really seeing Lena on the battlefield. Maybe she's there and they just didn't want to show show her to us this episode. Yeah. Um, but maybe she's also doing other stuff. Like I said, she could be searching for Vigor. Who knows? But, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I, I mean, sure, it would unite the claims and that would kind of quell a lot of dissent. But yeah. that's a huge insult to Rhaenyra because essentially telling yeah, her that, because on, on one, on one end, it's like they could choose her brother over her. Fine. He's like 15 years younger, but sure, they can, they can choose him. But it's like, not only are they choosing him, they're saying that, well, you know, as a consolation prize, you can be his queen. And, <laughs> And you, and be, and not just be his queen, be expected to have children with him. Again, yeah. this whole thing was more of a norm if the two siblings were closer in age. age like yeah. this, this in, in Game of Thrones world, this kid is young enough to be her son. That's number one, right? So that's fact. I, I, I don't know why, that's like, straight facts. Cause, cause, cause them having, having her as, as the queen would, is essentially them saying that you are only worth having on the throne if your brother is there to be the actual face of power. Yep. And that's yep. a big problem. And that's again, problem, you know, I, yeah. keep, I keep saying, wink, wink, we're going to have some serious issues because of all these bad decisions. But yeah. I mean, I like that the seeds are being sown. But I mean, in Game of Thrones, we always saw seeds getting sown and then we'd have these huge, like bombastic conclusions. But mm-hmm. I like that the seeds being sown in this show come with their own, like, action-packed implications right yeah. as they're so like we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're not having to wait too much and i think that it's it's cool how the series really like it really it really grounds you in in the fact that like 
you don't have to, it doesn't have to establish certain things. Like in Game of Thrones, we had to really build the world. But this show assumes that you know how things work in this universe. And we talk about, and it assumes that you, you are ready to just see how things are a little bit different just yeah. because of the, just because the time is different, not because necessarily the, the, the customs are different. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's just, it's interesting how that really affects the, the dynasty going forward. And, um, I like that we don't have to, you know, wait too much to see action. I mean, we, we see dragons like it's been, I, I, what is it like two or three episodes now? Like, episodes I mean, it, now we've seen dragons. We've seen dragons. I think, I think in two out of three or maybe no, all three, no, we, all, all three, all three episodes, we've seen dragons doing crazy stuff. And like yep. two out of those three episodes have started with the dragons, right? You know, we see Rhaenyra flying at the beginning. We see Daemon coming on, on Caraxes to like, you know, send some people to hell. And like, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a really, um, cool stuff to watch because I yeah. think that the, the series is going to keep people engaged in a good way. Because again, this action isn't just for action's sake. You know, I think it's being carefully, um, chosen. Everything is being meticulously worked on and, I'm I'm glad to see them have that that kind of enthusiasm. Like you can tell that the people working on this show have real love for the for the material, and you can tell that in the way the actors are even portraying the characters. I mean, what do you think of, for example, Damon, who is I know people are probably going to come for us again <laughs> for saying this, but arguably the coolest guy to ever exist <laughs> in Damon the Seven Kingdoms. Damon is a badass. He can come for me. My Twitter is coming. Okay. Come for me. <laughs> Uh, oh my god i mean yeah if you want to argue about us with, argue about that with us uh, we, we have your time i'll just tell you yeah, now but what do you think us. about what do you think about him choosing to quote unquote kill the messenger when he gets oh. the news from his brother because i because because i mean like like we said like i mean like viserys said um daemon would sooner die than ask for help so when yeah. help comes without him being asked be, uh, having requested it it was like yeah at first, I was—I thought he was just gonna laugh and be like, "Oh my god!" and then walk away. I mean, he does walk away, but first, look what he does he to Sir Adam. That dude. <laughs> Sir Adam, like, it's like you. I—I did just sent me. To, like, I'm yeah, not here. Yeah. To fight. <laughs> Again, because the Targaryens are viewed as almost like gods. So, what are they gonna do? Yeah, you just get his dragon and burn you if you if you say shit. So, like, the only person that can question his authority is his brother, because again, he's shown that like. You, and he can talk shit about his brother all he wants, but as long as you don't, he's fine. You know. But yeah, that was. I like that scene because once I saw the messenger come, once I saw the decision being made to send help, I knew Damon was going to end that conflict right then and there. Because exactly, be like, there's no way I'm going to risk risk you now getting the glory of all my two years of hard work. No way. One hundred percent. And that whole like, that just he risked his life. Yeah, he went in without his dragon. Him. Like, it, and he, he had to lie about it. He's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to wave a white flag. Like yeah. this whole thing is going to is going to end. Like, let's finish it off. And then, of yeah. course, he he turns on them like he shows up on a freaking robe, like yeah. he shows up like on, on tiny little boots. Like that was that, that was really sequence. good to see because we don't really hear him speak. Like we don't hear Damon's voice after the opening scene of the episode. We just see his his like his facial expressions, and we see the tumult going on in his mind. And Matt Smith is putting all of that on the screen so well. Like, this dude is a triumph for the show. Like, rent is fucking dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, nah, like, it, it, it's, it's mad, honestly, because, I mean, first of all, the one he was beating up Sir Adam, right? You can see all, do you see how many people it takes to hold him down? Like, mm -hmm. how, how many people it takes to, like, just bring him back, like, you know, stop hitting him. Lena is there, like, 
you know, Collis's other son is there, Vaymond. Like, they're all trying to hold him back. And then the fact that he just goes alone on a boat, like, I, I wonder, did he yeah. tell them first? And he's like, okay, yeah, he probably this did. is, he probably did. like, he's like, this is what I'm going to do. And yeah. you guys are going to back me up. I'm sure he would have a situation like, no, this is crazy. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to go do this. If you like, back me up. If you like, don't back me up. I'm yeah. still going to go do this. <laughs> they, he doesn't even take characters, which is huge. Yeah, they, they, they were disgusted. disgusted because, like, when when this when that scene happens when they're having the war camp council, um, they're all sitting there and then they're like, oh, we need to draw the crabs out, and they're like, who do we send there? And then I think one of them says Damon, you know. So yeah, it, like it was yeah, it was Leno, Leno who said that. It was Leno who said it. So that was obviously like you know a hail mary buzzer shot from the halfway line when you're two points down in the NBA in Game Seven of the NBA Finals, but like it worked, <laughs> and like you know he really like the crab. So the crab feeder, the crab feeder. He he was he's not the character that had the most backstory to him, but like if you can look at him, he has grayscale. So grayscale yeah. is that disease that um Jorah Mormon had that had to go get cured by turns you into stone over time you know? and affects your so, mind. Yeah, he has that disease. So honestly, when I saw Damon touching, I was like, bro, why are you touching this guy? Don't you know he has grayscale? Are you trying to? That was him? my first thought too. When he came yeah. out, I was like, yeah, I know you killed him. Like, yes, you have a valerian. Why are you touching I mean, him? Because <laughs> even even when he even when he like he lifted up, like he 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 waved the flag, right? Yeah, and then like his big surrender, like he's offering his sword, which is what you do, and of course that's not yeah. just any sword; that's Dark Sister, which was wielded yeah, by Visenya, yeah. like OG Valerian still here, and like, he uses mm-hmm. it, and he's cutting through these guys literally. Like I, I mean, I remember um in season one of Game of Thrones where Barristan Sami is unlawfully, unlawfully yeah. dismissed from the King's Guard, and like, yeah. he's like, even now I can cut through the five of you like carving a cake. Damon yeah. is literally doing that with the Valerian. Like, he goes yeah. down on his knees and he slides and he swings his sword without even much effort. Somebody's leg comes off. Like, yeah. he's literally cutting through because these guys like, like butter. Exactly. But so he, he like, cuts half of this guy off, right? And yeah. Yeah. I just, just get worried. His body in. <laughs> yeah, he tries, and he drives his body and he's covered in blood. blood. Yes. Yeah. And you're holding him. And my, the whole time, like, I, I know, like, somebody's going to, like, I know somebody's going to hear this and actually laugh at me. But I yeah. kid you not, as soon as I saw his silhouette, and I saw him holding something. I was like, please be wearing gloves. I beg you. <laughs> I beg you, please be. Because Damon having grayscale is just, we can't deal with that. That's yeah, just, I, I, I just hope that that doesn't turn into a thing. Because this man's grayscale is, his grayscale is yeah, quite progressed. Bad, and we, we can see yeah. that it's it's even worse than when we saw him in episodes, I think, one yeah. and two. Because it's it's really progressed. It's been two years, of course. So obviously, yeah. it's gone worse. And, I, and, you know, shout out to um, to the prosthetics team for that. Because... They wanted to make it clear, obviously, that, you know, this stuff has gotten worse. He's had this for longer than he had it when we first saw him. And even that son of the harpy half mask that he's wearing now is almost like melded into his skin. Like he can, I feel like he can barely even speak. He he kind of, he was making all these clicking gestures. But honestly, if it was me, I'd have been wearing a mask. I'll have my gloves on. I'll have my hand sanitizer and then we can fight because I ain't getting no goddamn grayscale in this economy. No way. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he was wearing a glove. (laughs) <laughs> I find it interesting how they were actually losing that war, which is you know, growing yeah. tactics uh, is a way to take down the Targaryens. You know, it's, don't just come into the open field and fight them with honor. You need to be, you need to be quick. Yeah. And that's what the Dornish did. That's why they weren't able to get them. Because you can have a dragon, sure, but if there's no one for you to burn, then what are you going to do? So, which is why Damon not only had to do what he did, but he had to do it in the daytime. So these guys would feel like it's safe to come out. It was, it was the only way. And yeah, I mean, they had to cheat, but hey, you know. Like Allison said, is it better for the realm if the crowd feeder thrives or is vanquished? Exactly. exactly. Speaking of Allison, yeah. 
<laughs> Speaking about a sense. <laughs> how do you feel about her maneuvers? Like, is she as innocent as... Uh... No, not anymore. <laughs> because like, she knows because she's mm, I think she, she, knows she, she's she, is, she is her father's daughter. And she's playing the game. there is some sense of ambition. I mean, I, the High Towers are clearly very good at weaponizing their own tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. So she's really starting to get into this guy's head in a way that her father has, but also in a way that her father cannot because she has intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we see in this episode, she's pregnant with their second child. And that's obviously going to lead to more things, more issues down the line. But, um, yeah, it's interesting how she is now the only person that Viserys truly listens to. I mean, she's the only person that calls him by his first name. Yeah. I think it's a very, it's very subtle, but like, if you really think about it and if you really listen, like you can, you can actually feel how like she has such authority with him and even yeah. over him at times. Yeah. Because, he trusts her. He always has. And it also, I guess that's what happens when, you know, you go as a teenager to visit a young to middle-aged yeah. man and talk to him about his dead wife. I guess he yeah. starts to like you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just really unfortunate because now, like, kind of everyone is just assuming that Aegon is going to be there. And that was, like, it was honestly really heartbreaking for me to see them in this episode because it's, like, you know, everyone there swore to, like, you know, to to honor Viserys, um, Rhaenyra's claim to the throne, but all of a sudden, it's like, when Otto Hightower talks to his brother and, and to his daughter, it was almost assumed that they so will be the heir. And it's crazy, because, like, literally, this is, I'm in a roller coaster of emotions. In, in the first episode, I was like, okay, this is going to be Daemon versus Rhaenyra. All of a sudden, I have, she has, like, Aemon has entered the picture, and now she's pregnant for another child. Who knows if that child is going to be another boy or another girl, if that child will survive. It's just so much more. It's just yeah. a lot of... A lot is just being... Viserys is doing a bad job of things. He's just... He's doing a bad because he's not address he's because he's not addressing the issues. He's not addressing even even issues. though he knows them. I mean, I remember when he's in front of the fire, right, and he's talking to Alicent, and he's speaking about how he wonders if he made a bad decision, and I'm screaming yeah. at him, "Yes, you bro, did. you did." Like, like he's because face your problems, fam. Yeah, and he's and, and he's not sure. He's like, okay, was my? I think he knows he made a mistake, and he's wondering what his mistake was. But there's so many different ways that he's made mistakes here. He's like, okay, yeah. was it a mistake? to make Rhaenyra heir to the throne if I was just going to marry you and then immediately have a boy? Was it a mistake to get the Lords of the Realm on Rhaenyra's side when I know that they are fickle people? Was it a mistake to marry you in the first place when I know that marrying you could could lead to more children? Which, so sure, it's my duty, but then that dilutes Rhaenyra's claim because right. then it yeah. makes her more contested. Because it yeah. was already bad enough for Rhaenyra, but now... People are starting to see less and less reason to respect her so much yeah. that this Lannister idiot is showing up to talk to her like she's like she's a child. I mean, it's 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 funny because in the source material you can see that all these machinations are taking place and that they're affecting Rhaenyra. Right? You hear about that from the omniscient voice that is telling the story. But I love how in the show you are like. I mean, the pain is being portrayed so well, not just in Viserys, but in Rhaenyra. We can see how she does, she, she feels so many emotions, like her range in this episode is just amazing because she's feeling pain. She's feeling betrayed. She is feeling, um, scared. She's feeling mistrustful of everybody. Yeah. She is feeling completely agitated and she feels like she has no allies. Because she doesn't. She doesn't. I'm. I'm like. It's okay. Millie Auroch. We haven't talked about like the, the actors, but she. She is. She's so oh, good, man. man. I'm, I'm. I cannot really enjoying her. Anybody. She's the highlight of me so far. Like she has. One hundred percent. I'm. I mean, I'm excited to see Emma Darcy, but like, 
because I know they're going to put in like a performance of a lifetime. But like, I don't want to see Miliaro go. But it's 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 gonna, it's bound to happen. Renier has to grow up. You know, the story has to grow. Millie is amazing. Yeah. She's oh she's, she's honestly been. Uh, yeah, right. Targaryens in blood is like my favorite genre. Like yes, hundred like, percent. I love seeing Targaryens covered it's in blood amazing. after fighting people, yeah. surrounded by fire. I mean, it's why yeah. we're here. It's called oh, fire and blood burn. Did you see the the <laughs> the boar on the floor scene with the <laughs> yeah. boar oh, on the floor messing and up that boar. Honestly, shout out to everybody who understands what boar on the floor means. <laughs> I hear you. I salute you, and I love you. <laughs> I actually just watched that. Epi- I watched that episode like I can't, like I've two days like like two days ago just to yeah, see like cringe. and the way it ma- I, I'm like yo, this is still making me cringe after all this yeah. time after all yeah, these I years i cannot believe I they went through that but yeah shout out to everybody yeah. involved in that but yeah because like, robert could even handle the ball but rainier did you know because rainier is the king robert, of robert exactly is, that 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 is a, that is a great thing to point out because um it's good for everybody um everybody who's watching this to, to understand that they are in the king's wood now the king's wood is this section of gigantic area of forest that and we actually see just how big it is when Rhaenyra and Kristen are on top of the that, that that cliff at the at the at towards the end of the episode. It's huge, and its only purpose is for the king and his friends to hunt. It's like a private country club um, golf course, so to speak. It's it's literally there just for the king's amusement, and that's where Robert goes whenever he's feeling like whether he's down, whether he's like, well, I just, I need to kill something, or like you know, or, or maybe he's just drunk and he just wants to go do whatever he does and of, of, of course that's how that that's how he meets his end like he goes to hunt in a drunken state and um lance Lannister keeps filling up his cup as he's been ins- instructed to do i mean imagine being the most feared fighter in the seven kingdoms in your prime and you're killed by a pig and a child mm-hmm. giving you giving you wine like yeah, uh, robert so, oh robert robert well, but also- i mean if you no, look at, it, like just compare the two scenes in Robert hunting and Viserys hunting, you can see that the money has come because when Robert yeah. was hunting, it was just him and Lancel. But now there's a whole set. There's like a whole set of people. I mean, sure, like Robert went with people too. Like we know Renly was there. We yeah. know a whole bunch of other courtiers were, were there. But, but it wasn't I don't think shown. The party, it wasn't shown. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. shown, and the and the party wasn't money. this big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the money. money wasn't that much because, of course, Robert was bankrupting the realm. No, no, no. I mean, like Game of Thrones. Like, and the Game of Thrones too. They didn't have money. money. Yeah, no. Hundred percent. They, they didn't have, like did have money yet. Now you can no. see how, like, oh, like, <laughs> oh you want to make something? You want to make something Game of Thrones related? Like, you want to? You want to show some decadence? You know what? Here's, here's like, how many millions you need? Like, sorry, was it, did you say five? Oh, how about 10? Just, just oh, take 10 for this 30, one episode. 30. The episode is so colorful. If that, if I had one word to describe this one episode, it would be color in all of the, the different contexts of color. I feel like, yeah. you know, I actually wanted to ask you, like, if you could pick one word each to describe episodes one and two, what word would you choose? Uh, okay, I, I can describe it in, I won't just say one word, but I'll say one word okay. for episodes, and I'll say the three words back to back. I would say episode one is Viserys, episode two is okay. bad, and episode three is decisions, because Viserys <laughs> is making <laughs> bad decisions. That is all that is happening. That's all I'm Ladies saying. Ladies and gentlemen, Viserys is making Tommy. bad decisions. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, oh, <laughs> he's making bad, this horrible decisions, but... One of my last points, because we've gone over an hour now, and Makale was just shouting again. Dreams. <laughs> we've talked about this time and time again. 
and dreams. Dreams is a, you know, dreams are a recurring part, you know, of life. Dreams are a recurring part of the Game of Thrones universe. And oftentimes when people dream in the, in the, in the Game of Thrones universe, they're prophetic dreams, but prophecies are always like a two-edged sword. You know, you can see something, but that isn't always going to be what, you know, shows up, happens in the end or exactly how you imagine it. Like, for instance, Melisandre was supporting Stannis thinking what the prince who was promised, but it was Jon who she didn't pay attention to. So she misinterpreted her dreams. dreams. Because you see what you want to see. To, yeah, exactly. You see what you want to see. I mean, it's very serious. I mean, you said to misinterpreting his dreams. You can see it when it happens when he killed his wife to for his son to be born, who ended up dying. You can see it when he's dreaming about, you know, he goes into this whole rant, drunken rant, when he's talking to his wife in this episode about dreams and their place. And, you know, he's questioning his decisions, which he should be. But he's not going to do anything out of it because he's just not a strong king. But yeah, dreams, again, it's another recurring, recurring theme in this, um, in this episode. I'll be amiss if I didn't, you know, just keep bringing us back to these kind of like things when we take a step back from the plot and we're just looking at what the story is building because dreams are the only way you can kind of, you can see any sort of prophecy, you know, that's what goes into the, that's the, what goes into the um, future. But obviously we know that regardless of what happens, um, the line is going to continue and Danny is going to be born. And the fact that Danny is born means John is going to be born. So we know that the prophecies are all going to come through, just not the way Viserys sees it. I'm sure he probably saw, let's just assume Aegon saw a vision of someone with the cat spawn dagger, you know, stabbing the Night King. And he was like, oh, that dagger is a Valerian dagger. It's, um, it's a Targaryen dagger. One of my descendants kills the Night King, but no, it was Arya, you know, that kind of thing. So dreams are recurring and showing up again in the in the a song of ice and fire universe but of, as always their interpretations are not always what is expected by the people who are viewing them and again viserys is having these dreams and he keeps wishing for more dreams but he's not having them i think he's just a character looking for answers and um it's unfortunate he's that he obsessed. doesn't have the support system he's obsessed with it and he doesn't have, doesn't have the support system he's casted out people who could be his true allies and you know going for some of what i call summer friends you know friends who are only there when things are Perfect and nice, you know. He, Damon should be in his court. Damon should be his hand, and Damon is that's an asshole, mistake. but he's but he's the asshole he needs, you know. That, that's yeah. that's one of his fuck ups. It's yeah. his first mistake, like not making sure that Damon was there because Damon really would have protected him. And he said it. Yeah. I'm protecting you because oh, you're sure. not protecting yourself. I mean, yeah. it's 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 really it's really sad. And I mean, even when Renera is killing that boy, I like how she gets. You know, Damon is feeling pain and Renera is feeling pain too because they mm -hmm. both had things taken from them. And Damon is like, I'm not going to have another thing taken from me. I'm going to win this by myself. I don't care how it happens. It's going to happen. And Renera, she doesn't have that kind of resolve yet. Yeah. Right. We see her take out that pain on the board. I mean, I mean, th that board showing up is a very, is actually a very dangerous situation. I don't know if people are aware of how dangerous that thing is. Like, that's the kind of situation that could actually kill you. I mean, we see that it runs through and Kristen Cole is packed. <laughs> like, they packed <laughs> this guy up as he, as he ran by. And he shows mm -hmm. up and then he's on top of Rhaenyra. And then she's managing to fight him off just a little bit. She's about to lose. And then, of course, he kills it. And then, of course, it's still moving. So she stabs it that many times. And then we get the yeah. whole, like, fire and blood reference. But I do like how, you know, her seeing that white heart at the end, yeah, you know, beautiful. especially when the king and all his horses and all his men, all the kings are and like his dogs, they couldn't really like, they couldn't really see that. And despite all their yeah. resources, yeah. And even the way the way the regular heart dies is not even like it's not as glorious as you think it is. I was actually worried that it was gonna that one of those like antlers yeah. was gonna stab Viserys, yeah, stab Viserys because too. Too. he was doing that a bit too weirdly. He was doing yeah. it haphazardly, and he was yeah. drunk. 
he was Slash drunk and I think he lost some fingers too because of like the cuts on the hands. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure that's why he's wearing a lot of gloves. Because I mean, it's been yeah. two years now. After six months, we saw what the what the rot and gangrene was doing to him. Yeah. You know, who knows what is what is what's happening now. Um, and I I think that like a lot of that is coming from you know the throne sort of symbolically trying to tell him you're not doing well here. And you know I think that it's a good sign. Like on maybe like 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 Otto, we're not necessarily into like science importance, but I think Venera seeing seeing that that stag was was very was yeah, very very cool very, very and i mean the, the way it was depicted on screen as well was was very nice i mean and and also one thing that's very telling not just of the story um and where the narrative is going but of renera's character is how she chose not to attack it because yeah. it deserves to be yeah. free yeah. it deserves like you can see how she is thinking differently from all these men it's yeah. not everything that you can take that you should Right, that's a message yeah. that we need to remember, and that's a message that not enough characters in this show remember. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes, I guess. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Do you have any other final thoughts before we do our exit admin? Uh, um, I think I've gone through I'm, my list. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go a little crazy and point out that tapestry. <laughs> in, <laughs> so there is a tapestry that keeps showing up in every episode. In episode one, like if you want to see the clearest view of it, go check out episode one where Emma Aaron is giving birth. Now, if you can put aside your sadness for her for just a second, look above her head, and there is the most insane scene being depicted in this tapestry. And like, I'm just going to go let you look at that and get a sense of what's going on because it is just some wild stuff that's happening there. And I like that it keeps coming back. And it's also keeps coming back in certain places and certain people's rooms and in certain scenes where certain people are talking. And I think that's that decadence shown there is kind of telling of, you know, what type of people these guys, these guys are. And, um, yeah, it's just interesting where the, where the dynasty is going. I don't know what we're going to see in the next episode regarding what, what, what will become of, of Aegon. Um, at least, you know, I'm glad the, the kid turned out healthy. That's nice. Um, <laughs> All that so, reading. Yeah. So, um, I guess it, it, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely being, being given what we what we sort of signed up for you know i i'm I'm very proud of like you know just the i guess just the the fandom in general right because i think people um really stayed um steadfast in a sense to the story whereas a lot of people kind of like were they were thinking i don't need to watch this and even if i do watch it it's not going to be better but i think house of dragon is really impressing a lot of people uh, like one, uh, one of my really close friends was saying that like it's impressing him so far, like in some really incredible ways. Like he knew it would be good, but oh my god! After this most recent episode, it's like you you really have some serious chills. You know, we we have this question of can House of the Dragons surpass Game of Thrones, and that's what my friends have been talking about. You know, like can it be better than Game of Thrones? And it's like this is something that we doubt because Game of Thrones is still arguably one of the greatest shows of all time. Right. There's some there's some serious legacy to be had here. Yeah. And honestly, honestly, we might be re- we, 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 I, I, I've always believed that it could be. It's the writing is so good right now that the action is self-explanatory. Like we're seeing yeah. action packed, engaging stuff. And we don't need yeah. to have other scenes like externally that are explaining what is happening there. Like everything is being shown and not told. And I mm-hmm. think that it's evidence of the potential that this show has to surpass Game of Thrones. So I yeah. think. Everybody should just continue to strap on because 
um, it's going to be quite a ride and we're going to guide you. So keep coming back. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. But yeah, thank you for joining us uh, in back in the land of West Rose. You know, we promised that we will sort out our contract dispute with Bancoli and we shall be back again, you know, this time next week for another thrilling episode of Game of Thrones where we'll be reviewing season one, episode four. As always, uh, please like and subscribe. Um, whatever platform you're listening to, there's probably a follow button. And depending on the platform, there's an option to give us a rating. Please rate us highly if you enjoyed us rants and you want to keep the lights on because, uh, you know, this recession is hard. The boys are the boys are struggling. <laughs> yeah, we don't have uh, we, we don't have we don't have dragons to light our fire. Yeah, we don't have dragons, right? <laughs> we don't have dragons, and obviously so, the the war in the step zones is making things hard for us to, you know, to move our goods from places to place. But yeah, exactly. Thank you for joining us, please like, follow, subscribe, share. It's very much yeah. very much appreciated. Yeah. Also, we are also um the um, the Pop for Dinner podcast is also reviewing. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, that episode comes out every. The episode comes out on Friday. I think the podcast will come out a few days later. There's also Industry that is also out right now. Uh, podcast comes out shortly after the show, and also we have an episode with the showrunners of the show. So if you want to hear the people who came up with these concepts, discuss it with Bankole and Ayo, come join us. Thanks so much as well to our social producer Chindu Hechi. Thanks to Bankole. Thank you to Jibs. We miss you, and thank you as well to Ibuka for continuing to produce the show. Thanks to everybody who is listening as well. All right, have a good day, everyone. <laughs>